Good afternoon, good morning. This is Mark Johnson from Loyalty 360. I hope everyone's happy, safe, and well. I want to welcome you back to another episode of our Leaders in Customer Loyalty series. In this series, we talk to brand leaders about what they are seeing and hearing on the front lines of customer channel and brand loyalty. Today, we have the pleasure of speaking with Imani Samuels, who is the Director of Loyalty Marketing at AARP. Uh, they recently received a silver award in the Innovation and Corporate Social Responsibility category at the Loyalty 360 Awards. That was all the way back in December. I can't believe it's been that long ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Imani, thank you very much for taking the time to talk to us today. Of course. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Um, for those who may not know, which uh, probably is very few, uh, can you give us a quick history of AARP, all that you do and all that you offer? Absolutely. So um, ARP was founded six decades, more than six decades ago. Um, we have a courageous founder. Her name is Ethel Percy Andrus, and she had such radical imagination um, and really wanted to elevate the need and the wants for folks who were 50 and over. Um, and so from then she had, there was this um, retired teacher network that kind of started as the incubator for AARP and it grew beyond what she could have ever imagined. And today we are so delighted to serve all folks of ages 50 and over um, in the space of advocacy and offering um, very uh, differentiated products and services through our membership program. And of course, doing what we can to help arm folks with the knowledge and the resources they need in order to tackle life transitions. Um, And that's what we do through AARP Rewards. That's awesome. Uh, Can you tell us a little about yourself and what you do at AARP? And also we like to have fun facts every once in a while, maybe something you like to do, uh, maybe the degree that you're studying at at Columbia, uh, it gives a little personal uh, insight to, to you. Yeah, absolutely. So um, it's so funny to say I've been at AARP for now nine and a half years. I never thought I'd be there that long. Um, But what has grown so um, uh, coveted to me is this idea that we can be beyond and uh, build empathy within every touch point and experience that we have. And so I started off on the onboarding team. I was kind of on membership, um, what is membership today. And every user, every, every member who came through our doors, I would welcome them. I would give them um, a welcome kit. I would send them welcome emails. I would just help orient and onboard them into their membership. Um, but over the past three years, I've since transitioned to help start up the AARP rewards program. Um, and that is... Um, it's a paradigm we use with loyalty, but it's really revolutionary in fostering behavior change. That's the ultimate goal. We love to drive impact. We love to make um, or to help users think, how does this content now help me change my lifestyle and my behavior? And so that's what we do in AARP Rewards today. We want to give them kind of the knowledge that they need in the future, um, but also reward them right here in the here and now. So that's what we do. That's okay, what I great. Do. And obviously, you guys are very proactive with how you design, develop, and and, and kind of evolve the program. I think it was designed as a digital gamification learning platform, right? And you tailor content, messages, tools, and activities designed to drive positive habits, behavior, and knowledge. Exactly. What were the the thoughts about designing the program, and, and how do you look at developing the program going forward? 
I mean, Mark, you spoke to the gamification piece. That was really um, the foundation of it. There was a prior program called Rewards for Good that was a little bit of the proof of concept for this. Um, and it just outgrew itself that we had to kind of rethink and reimagine what it was. But the gamification is the foundation. We want it to feel lighthearted. It's really designed for the younger 50 to 59 audience. So folks who are you know, still working, still very active, doing as many steps as you do a week um, and a month, and, um, you know, potentially even caring for a loved one who may be older and folks who are still in the house, like children or adult, or adult children. And so for this specific audience, we had to think what would help incentivize them. Um, and that gamification thread has been woven throughout every single component and of the platform. We have the learning side where we have games and quizzes and tools, calculators, videos that folks can do to earn points. And then they go redeem those points in our redemption catalog for really cool merchandise and product. Um, so gamification is, is the one layer. And the way that I see this growing is really making sure we validate that behavior change. I mean, um, there's so much, every single touch point is so intentional. Um, all the way from, you know, copy in an email campaign, we send two emails out every week. So we have a pretty large subscription base, close to a million plus folks, all the way to um, the customer care, which is a, real, a concierge group on the call center side. So everything in between is really very thoughtful. Excellent. I know the program uh, is designed, was designed around five structural elements. Uh, can you tell us about them? Yeah, so I mean, I think that um, what our fearless leader, Nataki Edwards, helped to um, uh, help us to understand was that social impact had to be at the root of this. So when we talk about social impact and behavior change, we had these five societal outcomes that we did tons of different research to get to what is actually impacting the 50 plus audience. And those five societal outcomes range from caregiving and creating a society where um, it's not a burden from a financial perspective. Um, we also had, we're thinking through chronic illness and disease and how we can mitigate that. So that was a huge component when we thought about um, fitness and exercise and nutrition and brain health and how to bring that to life into the forefront. Um, we also have a lot of content around financial planning, both everyday savings and then long-term planning. Um, and so we have this vision where we can help create a society that can sustain itself financially um, and mitigate senior poverty. And then there are a few things that um, have actually been exacerbated due to COVID. One is isolate, isolation. So social isolation has been a huge um, uh, gap that we've seen and social connectedness is something that not only helps kind of the emotional soul, which I love, um, and what I'm studying actually in school on the side through spirituality, um, but it's also a, a feeder into brain health and physical health, like that social connection um, really does help to drive really solid um, optimal health. And then, let's see, did I get them all? So one, two, I think so. I can't think of what I'm missing. Oh, exploitation. So things like um, uh, 
fraud or discrimination, age discrimination or discrimination of any kind, which we've seen in this season as well. I mean, the global unrest around um, uh, discrimination and in minority populations, including you know the most recent Asian Pacific Islander uh, community. We really wanna make sure that folks have the information they need to navigate how to um, prevent fraud not be exploited and to have conversations that are meaningful. Absolutely. Um, and I got, as, as I mentioned, you guys do a great job. Uh, you're very uh, proactive in, in how you evolve the program and you know, even looking at some of the things you're doing with regard to what you're studying. I think it shows that the transition in customer loyalty, the focus on behavior and, and the kind of the outcome piece is very important to you. And I, you guys do an amazing job for sure. Thank you. Thank you. Can you give us some examples of how AARP Rewards has had an you know, impact on individuals' lives? Absolutely. So, um, in fact, we have a cert. We're looking at this data every day, as I'm sure most loyalty program managers are. And so, we're measuring things like acquisition and um, burn rate and all of the kind of KPIs that a typical loyalty program would. And when it comes to impact, we have additional metrics um, that range from knowledge and preparation. So, we're asking folks in the moment, kind of once they've completed an activity, did you learn something? Um, and what you learn, do you plan to apply it to your lifestyle or your, your behavior? Kind of tell us a little bit about that. Was this piece of content trustworthy? Is it relevant? So a short list of questions, but really trying to get through um, uh, to the psyche of the user. And then they tell us what their answers are. And they're very honest, very vocal as, as most users are. Um, and every day we try to address their pain points. I'd, I'd say another um, impact that we have is, is through fitness. And we talked a little bit about this earlier, Mark, but we have a pretty robust fitness program where um, folks who sync their fitness device, whether it's a Fitbit or Apple Health or um, Garmin through the program, get points for daily steps, swimming, biking. And so daily, weekly, monthly milestones, if they hit those, they're automatically getting those points. And fitness, I mean, there have been enough steps that all of our users can walk around the world, I think 358 some thousand times. Um, and so really deep impact there. Um, about 90% of the people who are, who are in the program doing those earn activities have said they've learned something. And to us, that means a lot. 90% is, you know, it speaks volumes to the effort that we put in identifying and curating the right type of content. Um, what do you see about fitness? Because um, fitness uh, recently turning 50, my wife just turned 50. Fitness is a, a big thing for me. Mm. Um, and, and for my wife, what, what, what do you see with fitness and trying to incent fitness for, uh, kind of the 50 and over crowd? Cause I know America going through COVID is kind of regressed a little bit, but what are you seeing with regard to incenting, uh, fitness and, 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 you know, uh, with what, what you're doing? Yeah. Um, first of all, congratulations to your wife. Well, um, thank you. <laughs> I, I think that, um, fitness has a huge opportunity we have not only seen folks who are meeting those milestones daily, weekly, monthly, but we've also seen huge engagement in fitness earn activity. So watching fitness videos and workouts and then coupling those together, we bundle those sometimes to tell a full fitness story to say like, here's how you can engage on a daily basis. 
Um, and folks are engaging with that. In fact, numbers have gone up since COVID started because people are really looking for what homebound activity can I engage in um, consistently that's gonna make me feel healthy. Um, and then we have things that are, you know, we're thinking through new features and, and new enhancements to the platform to even expand that fitness offering. So lots of things underway to get there, but, but by and large, folks in that 50 to 59 sweet spot are engaged in fitness. I mean, we have over a hundred thousand folks who sync their fitness de device. We'll be adding more trackers soon. So more of that will come. We have three activities now and hopefully you know, folks will start to see the value once the spring opens up with the swimming and the biking. Um, but walk, walking and running specifically are what folks are engaged in. And it's not only because it's a individual fulfilling activity, but just like you said, like you can do it with your wife. So it's something that folks can do that's homebound, it's safe, and they can also do it with their family. Absolutely. I know you use a lot of uh, cross enterprise integrations because uh, it's woven into several channels. Can you tell us how that uh, makes the program more effective? Oh, absolutely. I mean, we are elevating what the rest of the association is doing. So we are wholly dependent on them doing their jobs, which they do really well. We have great relationships with folks like our content team, our editorial team, um, and our Staying Sharp team, which is a huge brain health program. I mean, United Healthcare is a part of that as well. And so we are consistently meeting with them to see what content do you have in the pipeline? And not only what content, but what um, opportunities with partners do we have to elevate that? So we, we also have sponsorships that are really starting to prove true on, um, on the impact. In fact, one, which um, perhaps I probably shouldn't share, but I'm going to anyway, it's a case study with General Mills Fiber One. We did some custom content with them and, and the content that we had, folks could earn points for um, and not only earn points, but share what they've learned. And they shared that they didn't know a lot about fiber. Like fiber was one of those things that we thought was a staple and we thought, you know, people just knew, um, but they learned a lot. And so having sponsors and partners who have something to help educate and teach our users is really what we're looking for. Um, so cross integration, across the enterprise, as well as within um, kind of the digital team. We have lots of product innovation meetings with our developers and with our um, backend integrations folks. So it's not like we're siloed um, as traditional marketing teams would be. We have marketing, we have product development. We're all at the table trying to figure out what's the best user experience. How can we show them that we care and show them why they should care about X, Y, Z, any given topic. Okay, great. When you look at uh, emotional loyalty, it's a big uh, topic in the industry now. What does emotional loyalty mean to you, uh, to AARP, and to your customers? Yeah, that that's a great question. Um, it's actually reminding me of a conversation that we had with um, the happiness ambassador of the United Arab Emirates. So this is through the United Nations. I had a conversation with her about um, building this thought of happiness or emotional kind of loyalty into the services that the government was offering. And when I think about customer experience, you know, it's a, a, a growing industry, um, but there's lots of empathy, building lots of empathy, sitting actually in the, the shoes, in the seat of our user, 
kind of helps illuminate all that they're going through, being part of the program, actively engaging in it. It's not enough to kind of just put that out there. Um, but we have to be consistently engaging with our platform to understand what they're experiencing and what the pain points that we see, um, how authentic they are. And so when we think about emotional loyalty, we've, we've done a, a host of campaigns, primarily through email. Um, and I'm just thinking about one that came out today, March 5th, um, which was really about celebrating the, the power and the strength and the resilience of women during this COVID season. And so it's Women's History Month. We're obviously celebrating that, but we're also putting it into a context that makes sense in the moment. Um, so capitalizing on, you know, things that are happening out there in the world, but also in the context of um, this is what it means to your health or to your wealth or to your personal fulfillment. Absolutely. And when you look at uh, the changing uh, of customers, behaviors, interests, uh, passions, a lot of talk about that right now. How are customers changing and how do you adapt or adopt to that as a brand, as a marketer? You know, how are your customers changing and you know, how are you adapting to that change? So we have, I mean, we're looking at um, retention scores, but we're, we also just... Uh, organized uh, a new team. It's called the audience management team. And so that team is responsible for picking up on these needs and wants of users, specifically in our, in our target. Um, so insights from that paired with behavioral insights and doing some qualitative research to better understand kind of who they are and, and what their needs, why they're behaving the way they are, why they're saying the things the way they are. I mean, those three things, it's like the trifecta of better understanding just who they are, getting a glimpse into their life and their lens. Um, I'm trying to think of uh, an example that we've used recently. Oh, one was um, the redemption catalog has been seen almost as kind of supplemental income for folks. Folks who were let go during the pandemic have gone to the redemption catalog to um, get uh, gift cards on their prescription drugs um, from Walmart or CVS or, you know, big box stores like that. And so that, that was a fleeting change. Working jobs is a topic that we talk about pretty often where, you know, you never know what's going to happen. It's not something that you always expect. And so between that and caregiving, I'd say, those are two really big topics where folks just the life stage is changing and you don't know what to expect. We have to be nimble enough to, to meet their needs. Absolutely. You know, when you look at uh, success and efficacy of your program, you know, what are some of the metrics that you look at or KPIs that you and your team have to you know, measure uh, efficacy? Yeah. So, um, I mean, I can't, I can't say behavior change enough. Like behavior change is probably numero uno for me. Um, I would also pair that with um, the typical metrics that you would look at for any loyalty program. So we're looking at number of folks that we're acquiring, number of folks that are, that we're retaining. So retention, how, how often they're engaging. So um, uh, cadence and speed. We're looking at how often people are actively learning in any given month. Um, we're looking at redemption rate and burn rate. We recently launched um, a points expiration policy, and so we're looking at uh, we're looking at that. And then every day, we're also looking at that qualitative insight, the voice of the customer, and 
and what they're saying and their comments that they're leaving um, or the feedback that they're sharing, both solicited and unsolicited. Um, so it's kind of a little bit of an art and science, um, if I if I have to say. We, we also have uh, goals for ARP, so things like membership, for example, um, how this program is a primer for membership, which um, it has been for new joins. That's awesome. Uh, when you look at uh, the next big thing, what's the next big thing for your brand's approach to customer loyalty? Is it you know, some of the things that you're studying at Columbia or what, what's the next big thing for customer loyalty? There's so many next big things. Um, I like to think that, and I apologize for the music in the background. Um, music is always good. <laughs> um, I like to think that there is hope in continuing to build out emotional uh, loyalty. So that empathy piece. Um, I think there are new and different ways that we can measure behavior change. I mean, when we talk about um, did this specific uh, intervention drive sustainable impact, not just momentary impact, that's huge for us. Um, and there are a few ways that we're thinking that's going to come to life in AARP rewards um, that we'll hopefully, hopefully you'll see later on this year. Um, those are two big things. I think it's always just in this climate, I'm eager to see what the pandemic will do for consumerism in general. Um, I think there is a little bit of a difference between this time last year and now. Um, we've been a year in and folks are starting to make more intentional uh, purchases, which means that our catalog has to reflect that. I mean, um, it's not only uh, tangible savings that you're getting through the discounts, but it also has to have this impact um, purpose-driven brand brands in the catalog as well. Okay, great. And, and the last question is, you know, what can Loyalty360 do uh, for you in your customer journey? What can we do to help you with your customer loyalty efforts? I mean, you've been so great already. I feel like the roundtables have been, especially at the beginning of the pandemic, um, they were huge uh, in understanding just what the industry is doing, how folks are thinking they want to approach things differently or the same. Um, so just offering that, continuing to offer that forum and that platform to freely engage with other brands has been tremendous for us. Um, I also love the case studies and some of the white papers that you guys share. I mean, there is, um, there's power in knowledge. Um, and so to the extent that I can learn from another brand, good or bad, their, through their experiences, I think that's also tremendous. It's not enough to just say we did X, but we did it. Here's how we did it. And here's how we came out on the back end. So Loyalty360 has been tremendous. I just, I just ask that we continue in the same trajectory. Absolutely. Well, thank you very much for that great feedback. And also, thank you very much for taking the time to talk to us today. As I said earlier, uh, it's uh, been a great privilege to know you and your, your uh, team over the last few years. I love what you guys are doing. And the fact that you keep your uh, finger on the pulse and continually evolve the program is, uh, is always great to see. Thank you, Mark. So Absolutely. appreciate you and your team. Thank you very much. Good talking to you. And I'm sure we'll talk soon. Okay. Take All care. Right. Thank you.